Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, December 12th. Happy Festival of Unmentionable Thoughts, because we all have them. It's hard to believe, I know, but even I, Bible Y'all Paul, there's things in my head y'all wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. And you might think that somebody who calls himself Bible something anything would not approve of celebrating unmentionable thoughts. You might think that, but you'd be wrong. I'm all for it. Mostly the unmentionable part. Matter of fact, I think one of society's biggest problems, scratch that, the biggest problem, is all these unmentionable thoughts that just go on and get mentioned anyway. I mean, I know people are just trying to be generous handing out their opinions like that, but folks really ought to be keeping some of that mess to themselves. And y'all know how Proverbs is always talking about how we're supposed to keep our mouth shut so we don't look stupid? Well, check out Twitter or YouTube or CNN for some prime examples of the opposite of that. I am continually amazed at the kind of stuff everybody else thinks I'm supposed to be as obsessed with as they are. And shocker, I know, but I just don't have it in me to get all spun up over which blood-soaked pervert is running for office this year. Or whether or not it's misogynistic for a trans actress to play pretend women now that she's a pretend man. Or something. I'm not even sure what I just said and my emotional reservoir is nowhere near deep enough to get as mad about it as at wokefeminist666 on Twitter. The poor decision-making of beast system lunatics is way low on my priorities list, cause I got a whole line of people that are counting on me to function a little bit better than that. But hey, you do you, boo. The rest of us will pray for you. Our reading for today is Amos 7, 1 through 9, 15, Revelation 3, 7 through 22, Psalm 131, 1-3, and Proverbs 29, 23. So if y'all are ready, hang on y'all, I gotta go. TMZ is on, and I never miss an episode. But before we get to the reading, let's me and y'all do a review of yesterday's study, cause the squall has the night off once again. So yesterday, on December 11th, in the Old Testament, we read Amos 4-1-6-14, and Amos is prophesying to Bashan and Samaria. And Bashan was famous for its flocks and herds, so there's a lot of cattle imagery. And then he says he will take you away with hooks. So there's fishing imagery too, apparently. And then he accuses them of idol worship like at Bethel and Gilgal. And verse 6 says, And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, which is a colloquial expression signifying famine. And he lists this and a few other punishments, or maybe they're just natural consequences. But whatever they are, they didn't learn their lesson. So in chapter 5, he says, Hear ye this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. So no solutions, just mourning over the fallen virgin of Israel. And a couple times he says, Seek me and ye shall live. But he knows they won't, because they turn judgment into wormwood. Or in some translations, it's hemlock. Turning life into death is the idea. Verse 8 says, Seek him that maketh the seven stars. And this is an expression we've run into in Revelation. And in the context here, he's talking about the Creator. But the seven stars can also be symbolic of the Holy Spirit. In verse 11, For as much therefore as you're treading upon the poor, getting into one of many sins they're getting punished for, for I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. In verse 15 he says, What y'all ought to be doing is hating the evil and loving the good, and establishing judgment in the gate. 
It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph, which is kind of the whole idea. Bottom line, unless y'all return to the Lord, I despise your feast days and your meat offerings. I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. And then he says, don't even sing to me. And chapter six says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. It's more of that lamentation. He says, y'all think y'all are secure and just laying around eating and drinking. But captivity's coming is the bottom line of that chapter. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 2.18 through 3.6. And we've already looked at the letter to Ephesus, which is about devotion and not just doctrine. And Smyrna, which is about the persecuted church. And Pergamos, which was married to the world. And now we got Thyatira. So unto the angel of the church and Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. So the city is Thyatira, which used to be named Semiramis. And Semiramis was the consort of Nimrod, who was the mother of Tammuz. And these are key figures in Babylonian religion, and thus pretty much all pagan worship. And y'all can look up who they were on your own. Now, when Alexander the Great died, he gave this city to his general, Lysimachus. And he was later deposed by Seleucus I, who was also named Nicator. And he renamed it to Thyatira, which means daughter, after his first daughter was born. And the title that Jesus chooses for himself in this letter is the Son of God, which is the only mention of the Son of God in Revelation. And not just that, but the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. And eyes like fire and feet like brass, these are similes, these are symbols of judgment. He sees the truth and walks in judgment is the idea. And the commendation he gives is, I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works. And he says works at the beginning and the end of that sentence because the next thing he says, and the last to be more than the first. So he's really recognizing what they've done. But the concern he has, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Okay, so that's interesting. Who was Jezebel? Jezebel was the daughter of Ethbaal, king of Sidon, priest of Astarte, the murderer of his predecessor Phelez, whom he killed to seize the throne. And she married King Ahab to seal a profitable trade alliance between Israel and Phoenicia. And Jezebel wanted to exterminate all the prophets of God. And remember in 1 Kings, Ahab's next door neighbor, Naboth, who had a vineyard that Ahab wanted, but he wouldn't sell. And Ahab got all pouty about it. Remember that? Jezebel falsely accused Naboth of blasphemy or something and had him killed and his heirs. So there'd be no claim to the land and took his vineyard. Well, this is the spirit Thyatira was indulging in the church, murdering people and taking their stuff, which is just what the Inquisition did. So verse 22, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds, which implies if they repent, they won't be cast into the great tribulation. So what, they get raptured out, like pre-trib, like Enoch did? Or do they get brought through it safely, like Noah was? Don't ask me. I don't know. And then we have Jesus' exhortation in verse 24. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. So that's good. 
He won't give him any more responsibilities. Just hold on to what you got. And the promise to the overcomer is, He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken into shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Now, prophetically, Thyatira represents the medieval church. And just like the overcomer gets power over nations, power over nations was also the goal of Jezebel. And it sure was the goal for the medieval church. And the medieval church routinely burned heretics at the stake for stuff like reading the Bible or wanting to read the Bible or quoting the Bible and then took their stuff, just like Jezebel did. And I feel like right here I should point out that what we call the Catholic Church didn't exist until the 5th century, after Constantine made Christianity the state religion of the Roman Empire. Catholic tradition has Peter as the first pope, but it's just not true unless you want to redefine what pope means. Never was Peter the Bishop of Rome, and the Bishop of Rome didn't take over the church until the mid-400s. Leo I became the first real pope when he obtained from Emperor Valentian III imperial recognition for his claim as primate of all bishops, and that was in 445. He declared himself lord of the whole church and advocated exclusive universal papacy and resistance to his authority was a sure path to hell, and he advocated the death penalty for heresy and a lot of other stuff that goes along with those early popes. In other words, just like the spirit of Jezebel. And then chapter 3, it says, Unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, So what does Sardis mean? Don't know. It could mean red stone, sometimes called sardonyx or sardine, which was the first stone in the high priest's breastplate. And the thing about that is, it was at one time considered a precious stone, but it's actually pretty common. Remember that. We'll come back to that later. Also, the city of Sardis sat on a peninsula on top of like a thousand foot cliff, and it was considered impenetrable. So they were naturally prideful and didn't even bother to defend the three sides that were on the water. And the sardines were not watchful. Well, in 549 BC, Cyrus the Persian attacked and was having trouble taking him down until one of his soldiers saw one of the other soldiers drop his helmet over the side and watched the path he took to retrieve it. Watched him climb down the cliff to get his helmet back, in other words. And that revealed an unguarded weakness in their fortifications. So the Persians just climbed over the cliffs one night, like a thief in the night, and took the city. And Chuck Missler says, after that, the name Sardis became synonymous with your mouth writing a check your butt can't cash. Actually, what Missler said was pretensions unjustified, promise without performance, appearance without reality, and false confidence that heralded ruin, which is good writing, but my way is more colorful. But there again, that's also just like a stone that was considered valuable, but really ain't. Everybody thought Sardis was something that it turned out not to be. So anyway, the title that Christ chooses for himself is he that hath the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit, in other words, and the seven stars. And one of the major causes of division in the church is varying beliefs about the Holy Spirit. So remember that too. We'll come back to that. Then he gives his concerns. He says, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. You think you're something, but you're not, in other words. And notice there's no commendation for the church at Sardis either. He doesn't tell them they're doing anything right. So, prophetically, Sardis represents the Protestant denominational church, which started out nobly, trying to bring the Catholic church back to holiness in Jesus, but totally blew it. I mean, let's face it, all the different denominations have their doctrinal problems. 
denying one critical doctrine or other, or embracing heresies, and they can't come together as a single body of Christ. And his exhortation is, be watchful, like the city of Sardis was not, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. And he says, strengthen the things which remain, as if to say, even a little doctrinal purity is enough if you'll just cling to it. And verse 3, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee, just like Persia did with Sardis. But the good news is, verse 4, Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. And his promise to the overcomer is he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And that's where we left off. So in Psalms, we read Psalm 130, 1 through 8. And that's another song of degrees. And it says, out of the depths, I have cried unto thee, O Lord. Like Jonah, maybe? Is that the image? I don't know, because he's asking the Lord to hear him and give redemption, and Jonah just wanted to get away. But either way, he says, the Lord shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities, which is the big idea of that psalm. And in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 29, verses 21 and 22. And 21 says, He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. And the Barnes commentary says, He that delicately bringeth up his servant, etc., allowing him too much freedom and familiarity, shall have him become his son, will find him at last grown insolent and forgetful of his servile condition. And that sounds terrible, and it's the opposite of what I got from it. I was thinking more along the lines of, a good master who treats his servants well, they'll end up being like children to him. Because my great-great-grandfather was a guy named Don Francisco Marino, and that won't mean anything to you if you're not from Pensacola but he was important in our city's history. He was born in 1793 in Spanish-held Pensacola and was the first banker in Pensacola. And I told you that so I could tell you this. He was a slave owner. He didn't run a plantation. He was a banker in a beach town. So he only had a couple three or so to help clean house and care for his 27 children. Yep, 27 from three wives. But he was supposed to be a very kind man. And after the Civil War, All those slaves stayed with him when they could have left. And one of them he loved so much, she's buried right next to one of his daughters, which I always thought was sweet, that she was like a daughter to him. But, Bible y'all Paul, if he was born in 1793, wouldn't all his children be grown by the end of the Civil War? Well, you'd think so. But when he was in his 60s, right before the Civil War broke out, he married his third wife, Mentoria Gonzalez, my great-great-grandmother, who was 16 and the daughter of his next-door neighbor, and had 12 kids with her. And that's double tough, but that don't have nothing to do with no Bible study. So let's move on. Verse 22 in Proverbs, seemingly unconnected and fairly straightforward, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. So don't let your emotions take over, because they'll run away with you and take you straight to hell. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Hope you're feeling better, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 12th is Amos 7.1-9.15. through 9.15. Thus hath the Lord God shewed unto me, and behold, he formed grasshoppers in the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth, 
and lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. And it came to pass that when they had made an end of eating the grass of the land, then I said, O Lord God, forgive, I beseech thee, by whom shall Jacob arise? For he is small. The Lord repented for this. It shall not be, saith the Lord. Thus hath the Lord God shewed unto me, and behold, the Lord God called to contend by fire, and it devoured the great deep, and did eat up a part. Then said I, O Lord God, cease, I beseech thee. By whom shall Jacob arise? For he is small. The Lord repented for this. This also shall not be, saith the Lord God. Thus he shewed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go, flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread, and prophesy there. But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel, and it is the king's court. Then answered Amos, and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman, and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be an harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. Chapter 8 Thus hath the Lord God shewed unto me, and behold a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. And the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small, and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver, and the needy for a pair of shoes. Yea, and sell the refuse of the wheat. The Lord hath sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Shall not the land tremble for this, and every one mourn that dwelleth therein? And it shall rise up wholly as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins, and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning of an only sun, and the end thereof as a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. 
They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. They that swear by the sin of Samaria, and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth. Even they shall fall, and never rise up again. Chapter 9 I saw the Lord standing upon the altar, and he said, Smite the lintel of the door, that the post may shake, and cut them in the head, all of them, and I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall not flee away, and he that escapeth of them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent, and he shall bite them. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. And the Lord God of hosts is he that toucheth the land, and it shall melt, and all that dwell therein shall mourn. And it shall rise up wholly like a flood, and shall be drowned as by the flood of Egypt. It is he that buildeth his stories in the heaven, and hath founded his troop in the earth, he that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. Are ye not as children of the Ethiopians unto me, O children of Israel, saith the Lord? Have not I brought up Israel out of the land of Egypt, and the Philistines from Kaphtar, and the Syrians from Kir? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from off the face of the earth, saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. For lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among all nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say that evil shall not overtake nor prevent us. In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all the heathen, which are called by my name, saith the Lord, that doeth this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt, and I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them, and I will plant upon them their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. Our reading in the New Testament for December 12th is Revelation 3, 7-22. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem 
which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Our reading in Psalms for December 12th is Psalm 131, 1-3. A Song of Degrees of David Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters, or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself, as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord, from henceforth and forever. And our reading in Proverbs for December 12th, is Proverbs 29:23 A man's pride shall bring him low but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit All right that is all of that for the 12th All right y'all let's do our 30-second meditation Today's prayer is on Revelation 2:8 which says and unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write these things saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on being faithful because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, you are the first and the last, the dead yet alive, the everything that we try desperately to make you. We know you know our works and we hope they are worthy of you, that we may be rich in spite of our poverty. Keep us from falling prey to the blasphemy of those who say they are yours, but are the synagogue of Satan. Help us to be faithful unto death in spite of Satan's tribulation, that we not fear the things we suffer for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be a blessing to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And then in Revelation...